Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. Friends, I know this is a super uncertain time, COVID-19, coronavirus, we are weeks into uh, this situation, Uh, life is feeling very different, having kids home, um, schedules changing, and uh, my hope is that this timely conversation that I had with my friend Griffin about fatherhood would encourage you and help you pause and consider the dad you are and the opportunity of the dad you get to be. Um, one of the most incredible things that he shared, which was just felt timely, was he wrote his obituary uh, a few years back and he wrote it from the perspective of his son reading it. And, you know, the hope is that we live a long, healthy life, but whatever his son does read at his funeral or his uh, celebration of life, every decision that he makes as a dad between today and that day is going to shape his son's view and the view of those around him. And so in this uncertain time, I think that we are all already kind of reevaluating life and what's important and what matters because we're not caught up in our normal routine. So please, as you listen to this conversation, really consider the opportunity that you've been given in your role as a father and pause and consider who it is that you want to be and know that you, my friend, have the power to decide that and then through your daily decisions, live that out. And that's the hope with this rebel and create rebel against whatever it is you want to rebel against so that you can create the man, the father, the friend that you desire to be. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Griffin. You're going to love his heart and you're going to love his perspective on fatherhood. All right, welcome to another episode of Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm super pumped today to be talking with my friend Griffin. Griffin, how are you? Hey, what's up? I'm doing good, man. Hot. Good. Hot here. Yeah, this is our first uh, remote podcast, so we're going to see how this goes. Griffin and I met on Instagram, and I don't even know how you hit me up, but you hit me up because you are the Instagram stud. <laughs> no, actually, it was for um, some some side fitness things that I do, and, yeah. and and I found you through that because you had this bad rad home gym that I'm super jealous of. Oh, okay, yeah, we post some pictures of our gym, and so I had sent you my book that I had just written, and I think this is like the first time I really experienced this. I had sent you my book, and you just like. Pfft, blew it up on your stories and Instagram and were just giving me such rad feedback, which was really surprising and cool to experience. Well, because it was amazing. Honestly, well, it, felt, it felt like it, it felt like I was just sitting there talking to you at a coffee shop and I was, because every rad. time I would turn a page, I would be like, yes, yes. I mean, I feel you. Yes. You're spot on. I'm not Heck alone. Yeah. I'm not alone. <laughs> Yeah. And what's so funny is that's really what, I mean, a lot of this stem, this rebel and create this fatherhood stuff is for us dads, you know, to go, dude, I'm not alone. You know, um, that's really where I want dads to be. So awesome, man, for people to get to know you a little bit better. First off, where do you live? I live in a town. Let me just say, I usually say new Orleans, Louisiana. Um, but I'm a little bit North of there in a town called Mandeville, Louisiana. So, um, not in like the, the main city. I'm, I'm in a, I'm a suburb guy. But okay. close enough to go over there and enjoy the city. Yeah. Nice. And how old are you today? I am 37 years young. Mm, nice. And you're married? I'm married. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Madeline, for she, this November will be 10 years. Yeah. Nice. Coming nice. up on a big milestone. I guess I got to think and- of something to do. <laughs> well, based on, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're creative with the dates already. So try to, I try yeah. to, yeah. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. Okay. Um, and then how many kids you guys have? 
We have three. So I have a son. He's my oldest. Is William Griffin Lewis Jr. We um we call him Liam though, just so I could confuse him even more. My first name is <laughs> William. My first name is William, and I swore I'd never do that to my kid, and so now I did it to him. But then we also nicknamed him, so we call him Liam. Nice. <laughs> that, poor, that poor kid's gonna be so messed up. Um, <laughs> second is my. He's seven years old. My daughter Hudson Ann is um, five. And she's in kindergarten. And then I have a three-year-old that'll be four next week. Um, and her name is Quinn. Quinn. Cool. And then are you done or are there going to be more? We are tapped out, bro. I am finished. I, I begged my wife after the third. I was like, please don't make me do this again. I love them, but I can't do this again. <laughs> so even now that the coronavirus is hitting and you're also a, uh, a teacher now, you don't wish there was more students in your class at home? No, no, no. There's already too many students in my home right now. <laughs> There's three too many in my home. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. What's, what's been the best resource to you as a dad? So as you've, you know, become a new dad, your kids are starting to go to elementary school. What has been a good resource for you? Um, I, I mean, I really do wish that we had a book that we get when they come out and you're told exactly what to do. The biggest resource for me I want to say have been other men in my life who are a stage or two ahead of me. I want to yeah. give you like my, like my father and my father-in-law um, watching them um, because my father-in-law, my wife has younger siblings. And so he, he's still parenting. Like when I, when I met her, her brother was 13 and her sister was 12. So I got mm. to watch them, you know, go, go through kind of adolescence with them. And then when I had my kids, um, even watching both of them with my son and, and with my daughters, the way they interact with them, um, and we'll talk about this later on when we get in the meat of this, just how present they are and intentional they are with the things they do and speak over them. That has been a huge resource for me. Um, that and my, just the men surrounding me. I, I have seven guys that are in my small group. We do it with the, our wives as well. And um, they're kind of in the same season of life with me. They all have kids. The oldest is eight. The youngest is three. And between, okay. all, of, between all of us, there's 19 of them. So um doing this with them daily walking with them has been huge for me as well. So as a dude, how do you find and answer this? It's like a lot of times we'll just show up and we're hanging out with, you know, different couples and, and the moms talk a lot about the kids in school and whatever, whatever. And the dads either just talk sports or they talk, you know, not, I don't want to say negatively, but like, Oh yeah, the wife's taking care of it. Or, Oh yeah, the kids, this or that, or what a pain in the ass they are, whatever. How do you steer away from just that kind of conversation and, and also be intentional with yeah. those dudes? Yeah. So one real practical way, um, is we have a text thread. And so we'll text each other throughout the day, whether it's scripture or, you know, Hey, I've got an interview coming up, pray for me. We have one guy that is just changing jobs. And so we're all praying for that and staying on top of each other. Um, the other thing too, is this is through church. And so mm -hmm. I, lead, I lead the small group. And so we meet on Sundays and it started out as just a group. And all of a sudden it turned into like your spiritual family. You know, like we've, mm. we've, we've been through a lot of things together. So we go through material on Sundays. Now, don't get me wrong. I go on vacations with these people. Um, we've been on trips to Cabo, Destin, Florida, like all those places. So we're really good friends, but it goes deeper than what you just said, like just yeah. sport and kids. It's really it's on, both. On sun, yeah, on Sundays when we get together, we um, we go through whatever Bible study we're doing and we all sit in my den and the kids all go play in the rooms and we all sit in there and go through the material, ask questions and get deep, you know, so yeah, it's cool. so it, it's more life fulfilling than, you know, what you said, just having an acquaintance like these people. That's how you're doing life with them is being intentional. We also got kind of paired off for a little while with each other and kind of had just either prayer partners or just whatever you need partners, you know, because yeah, sometimes yeah. You, you won't open up in a big group, but you'll tell somebody else some other things. And so that is one of the things that we've done as well and how we've gone deeper than just surface level. That's cool. That's real cool. Um, all right. So I asked uh, your wife, um, Madeline, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. Rad name. Um, what is a cork about you? And if she were to answer what a cork is about you, what do you think she would say? This is really funny. I don't, <laughs> I'm going to say so, I, I sleep a lot. I like to sleep a lot. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know so, if that, I, I'm very curious to see what this is. 
<laughs> See, so that's, I guess, is like I, I just started trying to do this to email the spouse and see if I could get some dirt and then see if you'd admit to something else so then I could get two pieces of information. So <laughs> what she said is that she loves and she didn't say loves and hates about you, but she loves it and she hates it that you in every single conversation, which I haven't seen this yet, that you sing. So if there's a word, <laughs> if there's a word or something that pops out that you will sing. And so then let me ask you this. If you sing or when you break out into singing, do you think in your head that you're doing it better than whoever the actual artist is? <laughs> you better stink and believe I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't so done I'm- it yet. I, I, I guess I don't realize that I do it, but sometimes I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you just always break out into singing. So uh, has this been uh, your whole life that you've done this or what? I guess so. I I don't know. I just, I enjoy singing. Look, she and I lead worship at our church as well. And it's a fairly yeah. large church. So that's a, it's, I've just been singing my whole life too. I didn't realize that I do it all the time. <laughs> It's really funny. That's like a funny. I love it. Okay, so you sleep all the time too, huh? How many hours of sleep you get a day? Uh, I think I require more than the average person, dude. I just yeah. like it. It feels good to my eyeballs when I close it, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, this is good. This is good." So I like a good seven, eight hours at night, and if I can pop a nap, I'll pop a nap anywhere. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's hilarious. I love it. All right, bro. So uh, this podcast is Fatherhood Field Notes, and it's really like we kind of said a minute ago is dudes opening up their life a little bit because, you know, we don't always take that opportunity to really grow from each other. But like you said, mentors are huge. So for for us to be able to sit and and talk about your life and and to learn from you, we can all gain from that. Um, And the the mantra is rebel and create, which means to, you know, it means so many different things, but to rebel against a status quo or something you personally, whatever, and then not just to break something down, but to create something beautiful out of it. So what's something you're currently or lifelong journey, maybe rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Um, first off, I've, even when I read your book, I love that, that, and that you've narrowed down what you said, your mantra to really two words that kind yeah. of govern, that govern every, a lot of pretty much every decision that you make. And, and I love that you have that. And that's something I'm trying to think for myself. Wow. That like, is there something that I'm that passionate about too? Um, but the one thing I'm trying to rebel against is, um, we'll talk about that some, this a little bit too, I think, um, being, um, absolutely present. I, I, a lot of times have, um, can get into just a rut of the day in and day out and I'll be home, but I'm not there. If that makes mm. sense. Like, like I'm yeah. home, I'm home, but I'm not, and it's, I'm just a warm body, you know? Um, and a lot of times we can think, oh, well, I'm doing what I should do. I mean, that's bare minimum, you know, like that's, that's just called being a father that or that that's having kids is right. That, that's right. the bare minimum of what we should be doing. So what I'm trying to do is to rebel against that, which kind of goes against a lot of our grains as men. Um, and create opportunities to create memories with my children that when they look back, they won't just, it won't just be a blur. You know, they will have a yeah. lot of, a lot of times they can remember of, man, I used to always do this with my dad, whether, whether it's a simple thing, but the word, the term, like I always used to do this with my dad is something I want them to be able to say all the time. Yeah. So why do you, do, why do we, you said it a minute ago, we, um, it's kind of like against the grain for men to do that. What do you, what do you mean? Why do you think that? I think sometimes as dads, we can get caught in the rut of we're just the providers for the family. Like we're, we're, we're to go to work. We are to go to work and that's what we do. And the wife is the one to nurture the children and the one to, you know, um, do things that women do and men, we don't do all that. And it's not, it's, it's kind of not masculine sometimes to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say love your children. I don't, I don't mean that, but get down and do the nitty gritty with them. You know, if your daughter wants to have a tea party and go have a tea party, you know, rather than just being like, no, not right now, you know, or something like that. I think yeah. a lot of times we, we just think that men aren't it's in that role, you know? Do you think that's because we haven't been shown that role modeled that role? Do you think it's just not in our DNA? What do you think? I think, 
in in general first off i think it might be somewhat dna because as men we are i feel like a lot of us are driven to provide we are driven to um create and build like to to build empires leave a legacy like to think that you're doing something more um and i think that might be maybe comparison with other men i really don't know but i do think that's in the heart of most men is to have a journey that you're on and to see it through and when you're at the end of it to know that you've had success. Yeah. So what's interesting though, like you say that is, is you, you also think back to like, I mean, I don't know how many years ago, but a lot of times men who were out there farming or blacksmith or whatever, they were bringing their son along for that journey to teach them. And somewhere that kind of got lost along the way, you know, where it's like, I think a lot of kids can't even explain what their dads do. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I know mine couldn't. I think my dad says, or he says, I sell medicine, so which I do. But I mean, um, he has no idea what that is, and that's something that you know I talked about my father-in-law. So when I was growing up, we didn't really um, hunt a whole lot, or you know, I would fish a good bit with my dad, but we didn't do a lot of that. Well, I married into a family where my father-in-law was like the Michael Jordan of hunting. Okay, like yeah. he. He is all about it, especially duck cutting. He will go every single day. He eats, sleeps, and breathes it. And we have a farm in Mississippi that we go to a good bit. Well, I, I do it. I enjoy it. I like to be a part of it. But when it's over, I'm done with it. I really don't think about it much more. Um, yeah. But my son does like it. And so it's made me like it more. But, you know, I can't fake it and, and be like, oh, I'm, I'm super passionate about it. But my grandfather is. I mean, my, his grandfather is. Yeah. So I've been able to watch them, you know, create a bond for that as well. Um, and, and like I said, to have other men in your life, to it doesn't just have to be me pouring into him. It's great to have his granddad, mm. him, you know, um, yeah. and I love that they get to do that together. It's something they have together. It's something I take part in. Um, but that's that's another thing, like spending time with your kids, figuring out what they like to do. You know, it, it might not be what you like to do. Guess what? I don't want to go hunting every weekend, but. I go because he loves it and I go because I love my, my father-in-law and I like to spend time with both of them. And it's a way that we can all do that together. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, obviously there's a bunch that you would create out of this, right? So you want to rebel against being a warm body. Um, going back to maybe some practical thoughts. Um, how do you <laughs> catch yourself being a warm body? How do I catch myself? Yeah. Is it like your wife pointing out, Hey, I could tell we're at dinner and you're thinking about work or, Hey, you don't seem engaged. Or is it you catching yourself? Like, because if I'm a dude and I'm listening, I go, okay, how, how do I pay attention and be in tune with if I'm just there, not there? I think it's a little bit of both. So I, um, like I said, I started, I, I work full time in, in biotech sales, but I also have a side business and fitness that I do. And, that is something I am super passionate about. Very, very yeah. passionate about it. Um, not just about fitness, but people in fitness and enhancing their lives that way. So because yeah. I am really passionate about it, I can let myself go and um, be wanting to do that all of the time. And so I've had to learn how to set boundaries around that. And that's something I've noticed in me that like I could sit and do that all day long, you know, right. um, but I can't. And then if I, if my kid comes to ask me more than twice to do something, I'm like, okay, wait, I, then I missed the first time, you know, I flat out didn't even pay attention. Um, so that way, that way I recognize it. And then my wife will yeah. flat out point it out too. She'll point it out quickly as well. In fact, with this coronavirus stuff, she said the other day after day one, she was just like, look, I need you to be present, you know, and to be mm -hmm. told that you're kind of like, Ooh, stung a little bit, you know, but it's true. Yeah. Like it was true. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Now that we're here at home, we got to do that. How do you like, respond though? How do you, how do you respond when your wife tells you something like that? Like, like almost as a dude, I'll say if I'm kind of called out and I feel dumb for it, even if it's said in love, like if I feel dumb, then I'll kind of be a jerk. Um, how do you yeah, respond so, when your wife is like, yep. My first response, even to that, that's a really good question because I, um, I actually felt because that day I wanted to fire back and be like, well, you've been on your phone. You know, you've been working too over here. Like I've, I've seen you pretty much doing everything that you just told me I was doing, you know, and that's right. kind of what I wanted. What's what I wanted to pop back with, you know, but who, who would that help? Honestly, mm -hmm. we're, in, we're here in a house together and I don't want to sit and walk on eggshells. And honestly, what would it benefit me to do to call her out? Would it hit me that way? And if I was affected like that, that I knew it was true, you know, 
if it wasn't oh. if, it was, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't have affected me like that. You know, dude, that's huge insight. So if you're a dude and you get called out pay attention to your emotion, like your emotion showing you something, obviously. Uh But if you're really cut deep about it, then you need to self-reflect and go, is this true? And is that why I'm pissed? Yes. And then take a minute. Yeah, dude, then take a minute, go reflect, swallow your freaking pride. Sometimes I got to go look in the mirror and be like, come on, bro. And then (laughs) go, uh, go own your ish, right? Uh Yes, that's it. That's That's cool. All I did was nod my head and said, okay, and then walked off. And of course she laughs at this too, because she'll hear me talking to myself and she's like, you're arguing with me, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. And I just won. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but, lot easier if you're not right, in it. It's not worth me walking on eggshells in my own home, which is what like, this is, this is what I've, I've told her a long time ago. I was like, I don't like to have arguments and things hanging over us because this is my house. This is the one place where I can feel comfortable I mean, all that mm. stuff goes on at work with you know everything outside of the world here. I don't want to walk on eggshells at my house. And so if there are issues, I want them resolved quickly. So do you want that for your family too? You want your um, wife and kids not to have to walk around on eggshells at home? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's the environment you're creating, which is dope because you go, this should be the safest place, right? I mean, it should be safer than school, safer than work, safer than oh, you just come in and fully just... Uh, no elephants uh-huh. in the room. So yep. obviously, you know, you're talking from 10 years of experience. So there's been those moments where you did snap back. So when you snap back, how do you find yourself kind of like course correcting and coming <laughs> back and figuring that out? Like a, coming and apologizing or just let it sweep under the rug forever? Like what do you usually do? You know, naturally, I kind of just want to pretend that it didn't happen. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like you just want to run from it and be like, oh, well, whatever. But, but sometimes you can do that. You know, like that was, that's really not that big of a deal. And if it's blowing Mm. up from something that's not that big of a deal, then there's an underlying issue that is a big deal that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. But but the times when it really is a big deal, if we, if we can't talk about it civilly and, and get a resolution, then we have to let it go. One thing I've learned as well is I'm, I like to talk about it and get it out and get it over with quickly. Okay. Like I won't, like mm. I said, I want it, I want it done. Sometimes she, she's not like that. She needs to sit and process things. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. And in my mind, you know, I go like to all the worst places. I'm like, okay, she's leaving me. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, not at all. But you know, I start to think about all these scenarios and she, she just needs time to cool down. All right. I call her a lot of times, um, a runner she'll start walking away. I'm like, you're, I'm like, come back here to me. And then she's like, no, I just don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. And then we'll have to, we'll, we'll talk about it and resolve it later after tensions aren't high and you don't say things that you don't mean. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. How it's so interesting how we're put together with somebody who's usually opposite us and how it's, it's all really seems like, it helps us to not be selfish if we allow it to go. I can't just think about myself. I have to think about somebody else and that's helping to shape the person that I'm becoming, but it's freaking hard, dude. Marriage is difficult. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I remember when I first got married, I've always said this, um, you realize just how selfish you are. And I got married at 27. So, um, I was, you know, farther along, I owned a home. I lived by myself. I had a career, you know, so kind of setting my ways a little bit. So when yeah. I got married, I realized how selfish I was. And I had my first kid and realized I was still had some selfish left in me. And then after my second kid, realized there was still some there to be beat out. And then after my third, I was like, I think a lot of it's gone now. <laughs> you, just don't, you, don't have, you don't have time to be selfish anymore, even though it still tugs at you a lot, you know? Yeah, but man, that is so good because it makes you the person you want to be if you let it. If you True. let it. Um. Okay, Rad. So you want to rebel against being uh, just a warm body. We talked about being called out. We talked about calling out yourself. You know, you talked about the the reasons why really building those relationships where your kids look back and they know the things that um, they did with their dad. And then I love too how you pointed out the grandfather too. I think sometimes we can miss that how important grandparents are. And in our culture, it seems like we kind of can push old people to the side a little bit where it's like, no, they have time and hopefully some resources and energy to, to spend with those kids. So making sure to cultivate that relationship for our children is huge. So 
um, what I want to ask now is originally, or like when we first started talking, you talked about working your life plan backwards. Tell me about that. Yeah. So at, at the church, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of, there was this, uh, well, they still have it. It's a men's leadership group. And in the group, it's nine months long and it's not like you just get to be a part of it. Like you have, you have, it's a commitment. You commit and and sign a paper that you're going to show up, you know, every week your spouse has to sign it to say that she's on board. We go through four different books with the group and it goes into pretty deep discussions. And one unique thing that we did um, was created a life plan. And there was a guy at our church who, who kind of ran it and orchestrated it. But what, that was, I really had no idea going into it, what this is. And honestly, it has been one of the greatest things that's happened to me. Um, as far as me not being a warm body goes. Um, so what we did with that and what was really different. And I remember, um, just bawling the whole time I was doing this was we were asked to write our own obituary. And at first I didn't really know why we were doing it, but, um, we all split up and spent like an hour and a half on it, almost two hours. Um, and wrote the obituary and I wrote it as if my son was reading it at my funeral Mm. from his eyes. Um, and just talking about all the things that I would like to be said of me at my funeral when I go, you know? And so that was the first thing that we did and talking about working backwards from that. So we looked back at it when we got back together in a group and the leader said, okay, well now let's say this, all of those things that you want said about you at the end of your life, how are you going to start to make that happen every day now? Because if we don't live intentionally and carry out the things that we want be, to be said about us, those things won't be said. They're just mm. dream, dreams and visions that are inside of us that never happen. And and that's what I said. What did somebody say? The graveyard is, is one of the not saddest places on earth, but there's so many dead dreams and visions that never were realized sitting right in mm. there because people didn't, you know, you weren't intentional about carrying that stuff out. You just went through every day and you did what you did and moved on. So from that, within the life plan, we were able to establish, um, we called them buckets, things that, whatever we wanted said to create a section for that. So the first section I have is my relationship with the Lord, my faith. Um, And then I took that, I said, okay, well, so at this time next year, where do I want to be with God? Like, what do I want Mm. to see my, my relationship with him looking like? Okay, if this is what I want it to look like at that point next year, what steps do I take daily, quarterly? Uh, bi-yearly or yearly to do to make that happen? Is it for me to go away by myself for a little while? Is it for me to, you know, just make sure obviously I'm doing, you know, my, my time with the Lord every day? Um, how do I move that relationship forward intentionally? And then I, my other bucket was my spouse. And then after that was my children and kind of the same thing. How do I want it to look five years from now? Okay. Rather than just saying at the end of my life, you know, you can take it one year at a time, five years at a time, and say, if this is what I want it to look like, then what steps am I going to take to make that happen? And the same with your finances, um, you know, my fitness, you, you can, you can do separate buckets that are important to you and, yeah. and create, a, create a life plan that way. So after you wrote the obituary and, and you started kind of reflecting on, okay, yeah, this is going to happen. What's one thing you changed or implemented that, was because of writing out your obituary. Yeah. And let me go ahead and give a caveat real quick too. So just writing this thing out is not what works. What works is the carrying it out. And Mm. um, so at the start of this, I was doing all this stuff every single day and I can't sit here and lie and feel dishonest and say, now that I'm still carrying out every single thing that's in there, you know, now that I've talked to you, I'm like, dang, I got to go back and relook at this thing. There's some things I'm missing. Um, so I just want to be upfront and honest with that. Like if you're not carrying this thing out, if you just write it down and that's just words on a piece of paper and yeah. good, that, that road's paved with good intentions. Um, so what it helped me do, I guess some things I did differently was being intentional with my children. So I have time mm-hmm. set aside every Thursday to spend a long time with, with one of them. Um, and some, oh, a practical way that I do this and that's just weekly. Okay. Um, I set reminders in my phone. So every Thursday it'll pop up at one thirty. time alone with Liam, you know, and this week, this, this turn it's Hudson time alone with Hudson. Um, then also, you know, I've tried to plan, a, um, with my wife, you know, like I, I have, she likes to journal 
And so I had this little book and it's called one line a day and I keep it in the side of my car. And this is one thing that I need to get back to doing. Like it, you just get kind of numb to it, but I kept it in the side of my car and every day I would write something about her that I love from the day before. Mm. And, but I had that set in my phone, like every day at nine o'clock, it would pop up on my phone, right in Madeline's book and just intentional things like that. And I was able to give it to her at the end of the year, let her go through and see all the things that I wrote about her during that time. Um, and I really didn't need to get back to doing that. <laughs> that was good. No, but that stuff's, that stuff's rad, man. I mean, practical things, you know, setting time aside with your kids. So let's talk about this for a second. Yep. Your, uh, your alarm is going to go off in your phone uh, saying that you're going to, you know, say it's Thursday and it's two o'clock. Um, do you already know what you're going to do with your kid or what does that time look like together? You know, it depends. Sometimes I'll ask them what they want to go do, you know, and it could be something simple like, Hey, I just want to go to the pond back here. We have a pond behind our house and he, he like, they like to go throw sticks in it, you know, but that's time we have together. It's just time yeah. about you know, meeting with them. One time I took my son to Chick-fil-A and y'all, you think these things are minuscule, like things that we just take for granted. Like I was just taking him to Chick-fil-A while we were eating. He looked up at me and he just said, I could cry. He just, he said, I'm having a really good time, dad. And I mean, it, it tore me up inside. I was like, I mean, it was just, it's just so simple. Like how is, yeah. how, how did I let this pass, you know, and, and not being intentional about my time with him. Um, but that, I mean, that just spoke to me, you know, like it's, it's these things that we think are minuscule and minute are not minute and minuscule to them at all. It, it's Dude, me. Yes. There. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I think sometimes we just feel like we got to plan all this big stuff. I mean, I get caught up in that as, oh man, I got to do this. I got to do that. They really want to go here, go there. But just that consistently being there and just sharing a chicken sandwich. That's it. That's God's chicken. That's God's chicken. <laughs> but to sit there and eat that and, and it means the world to them. And the thing uh, is, is it doesn't matter if you are the richest dad, have the most time in the world, dad. Time and money are not excuses for being intentional with our children. Yep. Yep. And even, and I could say it on both ends on, on the, I don't have as much money, so it's harder for me to do something or I have a ton of money and I plan this radical trip to wherever. And yet I still didn't sit and have a sandwich with my kid yep. long enough to really ask him a question. How's school? Who are your friends? What are you learning? Yeah. Uh, so dude, I love it. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. And even, yeah. you know, and it's funny because even how you, you almost said like, Oh, we'll just throw sticks in the pond. Like it, like it was kind of um, not a big deal. Yeah. Right. But that could be the thing that when your kid comes back to that house or in 35 years when he's driving by that house and you don't live there anymore and his kids are in the back seat, he's like, oh, let's get out and go check out the pond. We used to throw sticks in there. It was just so fun or whatever, you know, huh? those are the things, man, yep. Uh, yep. that matter. I love remember that. What I, remember what I said earlier about, you know, have them saying we used to always do this, you know, like having mm -hmm. my having my son with his sons be like oh me and my dad used to always throw sticks in the pond you know yeah something like that or and, and would like to see the fish come try to get it or spit would spit in there and like to see if the fish thought it was a piece of bread you know just dumb stuff like that but it's 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 doing things like that that are um super good and look i didn't come up with a lot of these on my own like there there's like i talked about other men in my life who i'll, I'll ask like how do you have time alone with your kid i had one um, and this was, I thought this was a genius idea. He would take his kids to five below and give them each some money, that store where everything's like $5. And okay. um, I don't know if you have them there or Dollar Tree, you know, just somewhere yeah. where they have, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Give them money and let them go buy things. Okay. Basically prizes. And then they would play bingo and then they could pick from the prizes everybody picked, you know, one night. And I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. Like that's so it's cool. It's something that, yeah. Yeah. And it, it gets them excited to like, you know, something to do. Um, but there were, he was telling me about that one the other day. I'm like, wow, that's what I look. Homeboy loves bingo. So I'm all about it. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Um, okay. So wrote the obituary, created some life thing. How many years ago did you write that out? This was, in fact, let me look. Uh, it's 2017. Okay. 
Yeah. So then it's like that that reminder to to go back and and check in on it. So is that something that you'll do annually or every six months to set time aside to kind of reflect on where you're headed? That's also scheduled in my phone every oh, month. Nice. Every month at seven thirty on the first Monday of the month, it says review life plan, and it pops up and reminds me um, that that's what's to happen today to go look at that just so it doesn't go by the wayside. Like I said, have I done it every month? I've done it a lot of the months, but some months that thing just pops up and I go, boop, swipe to the left and it moves on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's good to, it, it's, it's good because sometimes we hear people talk about this stuff and we just think that you're some superhuman who just happens to do everything right all the time. And no, that's just I not know. how, and that's, this is not how real success is made it's made with regular humans who just admit to yeah i want to get back to this and then do it you know just just constantly kind of put yourself in situations like right now you had said yeah let's do a podcast and then it's reminding you oh yeah these are the things that are important to me because life just catches up with us sometimes you better believe it and i couldn't sit here and do this with a clean conscience and not be honest like that and look i hope i hope everybody knows that that you know as as men and as fathers and as leaders we're in this together. Like we're, we're in this because we all have something to leave for our, for our children and our families. And that's what I love about your mission. And that's why I'd love that we're talking right now that I'm connected with you. Um, because that's real. That's, that's the real deal. That's what matters, you know? Yeah. So when you think about legacy, um, and what you want to leave with your kids, when you look in your kids' homes, you know, 30, 40 years from now, or say your grandkids' homes, what do you want to see that you imparted to them? That's a really good question. And that's a, that's a tough question because <clears throat> you really don't, I, that's what I'd like. You'd have to sit and reflect on a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. So when you think of like your deepest core value, you know, yeah. where it's just, it's already there. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. What is your deepest core value that, that, that your wife, your kids are just going to say, yeah, that was really important to my dad. Faith, my faith. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that, like I said earlier, all the time that that's spot on, you know, that's a journey too. That's my, that's another relationship I have. It's the main relationship I have, but like anything else, it's a relationship and it's not like every relationship is always smooth sailing and growing. Um, and it's something I have to work at with him too. But I hope that my kids always see that I've never stopped working at it. I never stopped acknowledging. I never stopped taking them to church, praying, reading my Bible. Like, And they were able to see those things and have it be evident in my life so that they don't have to just see me doing it all the time. It's walked out. They see it walked yeah. out right, right in front of them. It's not a ritual. It's not a motion. It's me. It's who I am. So, bro, as I hear you say that, and I, I mean, I know you at some level, um, I can see that the legacy that you're building is like you are never going to stop trying. And the reason that you're a great coach uh, for fitness and everything you've been talking about is you want it, right? You want it. You want to get a lot out of life and you want to share that with others, but you're willing to be honest and say, ah, oh, but I'm still trying. Oh, but I I can, and you're not beating yourself up. You're being honest, right? You're not playing this victim. Oh, look at me. You're just being honest. And so dude, that's so encouraging. And I think that's what people want is like that realness. And so I see your kids going, I'm never going to give up because my dad never gave up on any of these buckets, the faith, this marriage, the work dude. So that, that is rad because you're super honest with where you, you are. My <laughs> goal was to try cry. and make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, hard. I mean, even, My wife would take it that too. I'm the emotional one. <laughs> I am too. But what's funny is even the other day, you had posted about a dude on your Instagram and that he emailed you or yeah, emailed you his goals, his fitness goals. And you said, oh, these are his goals and they made me cry. You know, so that willingness to be vulnerable <laughs> Um, and even share that with people that you would care that much about another human is, is pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, well, come, now that we're talking about it, it seems like I cry a lot. I'm good, y'all. I'm okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm in a good I place. Saw. I'm in a good place. <laughs> um, all right, man. I, 
I could talk to you forever, but I want to end with two things. One is, you know, this has been a crazy week with uh, all of our kids' sports and school being canceled because of the coronavirus and us not really knowing what's going on and what's the new world look like. You said you got three kids at home. What's a practical thing or or some way that you've been not an absent, you know, presently absent uh, with your kids being at home? What are some things you guys are doing and that other people could kind of do as well? So right now, my son is at our farm with my father-in-law. So oh, cool. they're, they're up there shooting snakes, and which I loathe a snake, so they can have all that they want. Um, so they're doing that right now. He's away for a little while this weekend with him. I wasn't able to go. Um, and I'm here with my wife and my girl. So it's daddy-daughter time. And I know one thing my wife did today, we talked about, we were sitting inside, and she actually was the one that, that made this happen Um but just brought out a sprinkler and let put the girls swimsuits on and let them run around in the sprinkler for a little bit because we, but we just decided we're not going to stay inside and look at iPads all the time. Like it's beautiful outside today. You know, we might not be able to go to all the places, but we can put a sprinkler on and go play out there and do that. Let me jump in the sprinkler with them, you know, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. through a sprinkler. So, um, just doing things like that while these kids are at home. And like you said, it's just such an uncertain time and we don't know how long we're going to be home with them. And this is a time that, like my wife said, to be present when, if that's what I'm going to be, it's going to test all of that in me um, because I'm here 24 seven with them. And so we're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tested in ways that we haven't been before in our marriage with our children. Um, We're we're just going to have a lot of things that are a little bit different and some things that might come to light because honest to goodness truth, you spend more time with the people you work with than you do your spouse a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, And so- it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I love what you said when, when I, when I, we first talked about this, you had mentioned the sprinkler and you said, we just don't have time for that. Normally we don't have time for running the sprinklers. Normally this time stuck, let's use the word stuck at home with our yeah. kids. We can either, you know, in six months or sooner, hopefully this is all done. So we could look back and say, that was the worst time. Our kids can say that was the worst time or we can have all these great memories of running through sprinklers or doing silly things at home where it's like in six months, we're like, Oh man, I kind of wish we didn't have all the sports still. I kind of wish we didn't have to go to work still in the sense, you know, it's like, and you and I are the, and like you said, your wife was the one to instigate that, but you obviously supported it to remember that we also can come alongside our wives or spouses because they're going to get tired. And, and so together we can create or it's whatever we want to create, man. Rebel and create. Let's create something great when this it's with this wide open. Time. It's it wide is. Open. It's wide open. It is wide open. Dude, that's so good. Okay. Last question because this was super interesting to me. Um, I want to be that super stud husband and am not always. When you're dating, it's like so fun to be the romantic, you know, <laughs> hero. But um, one of the questions was uh, your wife had said that you showed up to her work on a Friday with bags packed and a weekend planned. Her boss already knew and uh, sitters for the kids. What's up with that, man? Wow, I was good that day. <laughs> yeah. Straight I forgot up. about that. I forgot about that. So um, what, sparked, what sparked you doing that in the first place? life plan. That was part of my thing was to take, take her once a quarter just for a weekend, just she and I for a weekend. And then once a year to go away for a week, just she and I. So, um, that's, that's what took care of that. So let me ask you when you were planning it, right. And we're all busy, whatever it shows up on your calendar. Once you got over the mental hurdle of like, all right, it's time to plan this. Did you have fun doing it? Oh yeah. Because she had no idea any of it was coming. Like none. Y'all, I've got on there like to write her a card once a month and just leave it like in, you know, like after she leaves to go to work, like text her and be like, hey, check your glove box. And Mm. it takes nothing for me to go to Target for 10 minutes, pick out like 10 or so cards, keep them in my nightstand. And when that thing pops up, write her a note, stick it in the night before it just brightens her day. I mean, they go through a lot, too. You know, like they and and my wife works full time. So um, she goes through a lot as well. And and. It's just those simple things like that, but also the trip. That was the first time that I had ever done that. Um, and it, it was exciting. And we had a great time. And y'all, we didn't go on this big this big trip. I drove to Biloxi, Mississippi, and we stayed at this like boutique hotel. Okay, it was like an hour and a half from my house. It wasn't like I was like, hey, we're headed to, you know, San Diego. Get, get your bags packed. I booked us a flight. We're out of here. It's It wasn't yeah. that. 
it was two nights at a bed and breakfast at a, a town that's about an hour and a half from where I live. See, that's so, great to say that because it, you go, it doesn't have to, I mean, th- to me, that's a big deal. Like, dude, my wife would be stoked. Two nights, I'd, I'd feel like a hero at one night. So <laughs> <laughs> two nights, bed and breakfast, that's possible. And and yes. why do we stop pursuing? Why do we stop pursuing our spouse? We we need to stay in the game. And here's here's a big reason, I think, you know, and, and some of us have found ourselves divorced and, and that kind of stuff. And, and it just is what it is. But I really believe that the investment you make in your marriage is such a huge impact on your children. So like this podcast is fatherhood, but I've told my parents, I mean, one of the greatest gifts you've given us, my brother and I, is that you figured it out. You showed me it's possible, you know? And so when I'm hurting, dude, and like marriage is tough, I go, well, my parents do, they showed me it's possible. So I love, yeah. I love the way that you've pursued your spouse, dude. That's encouraging to dudes everywhere and to go, Hey, you could do it too. Yes. So I'm going to, do you mind if I read a little piece of this obituary real quick? Dude, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is a few paragraphs in, but speaking about that. Um, and remember this is coming from my son reading mm, it. Yeah. So in here it says another thing that wasn't lost on us is watching him adore our mother. He served her with all that he had. She was his world. Um, on this earth, my mom and dad were the true definition of soulmates. One wasn't whole without the other. I remember them laughing, just always laughing. He was goofy. Mm. And as much as mom tried not to laugh because she was annoyed, she couldn't not laugh. I watched dad date mom for their entire marriage. It seemed to us three kids that um, every year was year one for them. The way he honored and respected her was a true testament to his character and how he truly took the Bible at its word when it said that he should love her as Christ did the church and gave his life for her. He was a warrior for protecting her heart, mind, and reputation, platform, and character, but most importantly, her soul. I will honor this legacy um, from my father by doing the same with my bride, as well as the amazing man who married his two precious daughters. Woo! Bro. Dude. Somebody gives you a job, go write your obituary. You clearly didn't just grab a sheet of paper and spend five minutes just to get it done, dude. You took it serious. That's hard to even read. (laughs) Dude, yeah. A warrior guarding her heart. Like, dude, that's that's our job. That is our job. And to have that in my mind, dude, hearing you, you, watching you read it, thinking, oh, my God, my son might read, not might, well, read my obituary one day and the stuff I did today and yesterday and tomorrow are going to impact the way he feels about me. And when my tombstone (laughs) reads great dad, great husband loved all that, that was real, not just some crap they picked out on the list of things you could put on your tombstone. Right. It's like, that's really what I left. And the fact that you put in there that he the way I'm going to honor my dad's legacy is that I'm going to do the same with my own bride and something about making sure that the dudes who marry my sisters, uh-huh. you know, I'm going to be engaged in that too, man. That's heavy, bro. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it, it's a lot. And even now, like I try not to cry. <laughs> it's hard to read. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to read that because honestly, like I said, you know, that's what you want said about you. What are we going to do every day to make that happen? And, and some days we're going to fail. You're going to suck at it. You're going to be a horrible husband some days. You're going to be a horrible dad some days. But let's just hope the days where you're a really good one outnumber those, you know? So Yes, and that and that you're able to, to realize when you're not being that and that there's less of those days that you're able to, at night, you, you go to bed, you go, dude, I suck today, that you can wake up and apologize and make the next day better. And no, those bad days are going to happen, but you need to figure out in yourself what is it that's going to make a more days the dude you want to be, not the dude you don't want to be. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Griffin. real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Let, me, let me add this. Um, there is a book that can help you plan that for any of y'all who are listening. Um, the guy kind of followed this book loosely. We didn't go by it all the way, but it's called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy. Cool. And that is a, um, a way that if, if y'all take something out of this and think, man, I'd like to do that too, that book can guide you through it without being in a group like I was in. You can do it by yourself. Dude, 
Yes. Love it. Love it. Griffin, man, uh, I can't believe it's been, you know, 50 minutes of us talking already. Um, I love when you were texting me the other day, we were kind of joking about doing this, you know, the first time we're going to do this via Skype kind of recording. And you said, I'm just a regular dad. And one, you're not, but two, and maybe we say you are, and that that's what we all want to be. We all want to be the, a regular dad. And if what you're talking about right now is what a regular dad is, then our world has a ton of hope for the future. And my hope is that as other dads are listening to this, they're like, dude, I want to be a regular dad. And I want to set the standard for what a regular dad is. And so, dude, you're, you're a great human. You love people. You love your kids, your wife. It clearly comes out and you're teachable and honest with yourself, which are incredible. If we could all just be teachable and, and, and honest with who we are and where we want to go and realize, Hey, life isn't over. Um, so dude, I just say, thank you, Griffin, for living your life the way you are. Thank you for opening up your field notes and sharing your life with us and keep doing what you're doing, which is constantly growing and being the man the world needs. So dude, thank you for your time today. I love it. I'm honored. This was such an honor for me. Thank you. Heck yeah, bro. Thank you so much. What another amazing dad out there. I mean, how encouraging. Griffin would say he's a regular dad. And my hope is that all of us are regular dads. And what a regular dad is, is somebody who is present, engaged, growth mindset, focused on who they are, who they're becoming, so that they can be the father, uh, the spouse that their family needs. What an amazing opportunity you and I have to really change the world, to leave a legacy, to impact and leave a mark uh, with the time that we have on this planet. I just love how this guy is constantly growing. And if you go check him out on his Instagram, which will be tagged on my Instagram, you'll just see this dude's constantly encouraging people and, and his passion for fitness, especially. He's on there just encouraging, helping to give people tools to grow. So check him out. He is just such a stud with a killer heart for people. I want to thank all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you guys do matters. Please don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That's who your kids, your spouse, and your community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. And please take a moment, write a review. It helps when people are searching for fatherhood or parenting. It helps to boost this up. If you know somebody who would be encouraged by this podcast, please send it out to them. My belief is that there are so many dads out there who want to be that regular dad, but they need to be in tune with some kind of community that's helping encourage and inspire them to be that. Uh, Go like us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're throwing up some questions and stuff right now to Try to help encourage dads as they're home with kids and spouse and trying to be engaged and in tune with their families. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go out there and be a regular dad. Fatherhood matters.